Championship weekend is in the books. The Chiefs earn a Super Bowl rematch with the San Francisco 49ers. It's going to be that Chiefs defense versus the dynamic Niners offense. We'll talk about that and much more coming up on today's Outside the Trenches. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of Outside the Trenches. Uh, welcome into Outside the Trenches, presented by our friends at Five Farms Ice Cream and Cook. If you are hanging out with us, we appreciate you hanging out with us live at the time, 9 p.m. Central Standard Time-ish, every Wednesday night. Appreciate you guys all the, through the season hanging out with us, dropping some comments in the chat, and, uh, and just... Just really, uh, it's it's a vibe here at 9 p.m. As Nick Leckie likes to call us, hanging out with Nick Leckie, by the way, uh, he likes to call us the B-side, the B-side programming here on KCSN. Nick, how are you doing? How was your uh, how was your championship weekend? It was good. It was really good. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I really did. It was. Um, I was disappointed that the Lions didn't do it, mm. and we're going to get into that, and, and I'm loving that for sure, uh, to kind of settle it with all these haters. And no, it was fun, man. It was a casual game, just real casual, just like classic game to read. Like I, I just, I you always doubt them, you always count them out, and then they're like, "Oh wow, what? okay, you were just fooling around." Like Willy Wonka in a chocolate factory, when he goes up to meet you and is on the cane, and then all of a sudden drops the cane and does a forward roll and welcome in, children. It is like that. It was just like that. Big B, how you doing, my man? I am good. I am good. I I just thought it was. I thought it was intriguing football. You know, that that was kind of the thing that I was that was hoping for is that we would just get good football games, whether it was high scoring, low scoring. I, I thought it was good football. So uh I was excited to watch. I do kind of different types of football games that were played on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Uh Chiefs do win seventeen to ten. Let's start on that game just because it <clears throat> chronological order came first in the day. Uh, Chiefs Ravens. Ravens pull out all the stops, man. They pulled out. Uh, they got brought Terrell Suggs out. They had T Pain at halftime. They had Ray Lewis doing the dance before <laughs> the game. <laughs> this is the first time they hosted an AFC Championship game since they were named the Colts. Um, and it seemed like that Baltimore Colts offense might have showed up uh, against the uh, Kansas City Chiefs because only ten points for the Ravens all day. They get that touchdown on a what probably should have been a sack from Leo Chanel, but you have a linebacker covering Zay Flowers. It just happens, right? The, the busted play, uh, I think they expected him to get home and not have uh, Nick Bolton on him that much, but those were the only points they get until the fourth quarter. Chiefs defense played really well. But Big B, let's start off with that one. What were your kind of your overall thoughts uh, from that performance from the uh, Chiefs and Ravens? Uh, I mean, I thought the Chiefs defense was outstanding. You know, I, I thought they took away. Now, part of the game plan, I don't know what Baltimore is thinking, dropping back 37 times, and they had had some success running the football. So I don't know what in the hell was going on in their mind. Uh, and also, Lamar Jackson uh, just dancing around, dancing around, dancing around in the pocket and didn't take advantage of his legs. But I like to think, and, and I kind of went the other way. Now, granted, I, I am a firm believer that Lamar Jackson choked. But I think it was more the Chiefs may have been in his head on how good they were. That's where I'm going with it. I think the Chiefs may have thrown off everybody, especially how good 
those first two drives on offense were, I think they got in the offensive coordinator's head, Lamar's head, that they had to play outside of their mind to go win the game, not thinking that their defense was going to settle down and shut the the Chiefs completely down in the second half. And I think they got in their head. So I, I my hat's off to the Chiefs. The, look, I, I, Lamar Jackson, I no doubt he choked. He did, 100%. But I'm still saying that you got to give the Chiefs defense credit. Not enough people are talking about that nationwide, in my opinion, that they got in his head and made him play outside of the way that makes him good. He wanted to try to prove that he could do something a different way. Got in the way. Chiefs wins. It is, it is what it is. Nick? I will forever be mind-boggled, mind confused, that they had – so much success running power and counter first two drives and they were mashing them absolutely mashing them and they said no i don't like it i don't like it it's too effective we need to run the win this with lamar and it's like like i remember being on sidelines of professional games and being like why in the f aren't we running the snot out of this ball what are we doing they acted like they were down four scores yeah and it's like you're down like a touchdown Mm -hmm. That game was never out of reach where you could have ran the ball and said, look, like sometimes you got to take the ball out of Pat's hands and you got to let Pacheco do his thing. And that was the same thing with Baltimore's, you know, take the ball out of Lamb Lamb's hands, you know, don't leave it up to him to make throws because it's, I mean, he can do that if you let him, but you know, it's like, man, they ran the ball so well and just said, now nah, we're good. And that's, that's going to forever bother me. So I couldn't imagine what, what Baltimore's thinking. Well, that team was built on the running game uh, from Lamar to to Gus and Justice Hill. It's not like they were, uh, as you mentioned, Nick, it's not like they were badly running the ball. Like they, they were running the ball just fine. And uh, Todd Munkin goes out there and he says, nah, we're going to we're going to we're going to sling that thing around the yard. And I, what I do think is really interesting is, you know, I, I, I think Travis Kelsey said it on New Heights where he's like, yeah, those guys didn't play from behind all year. Like they, they weren't down at half for the last 18 games of the season. They weren't down. So you put some pressure on them. They had to play a whole lot differently. Um, and, and I think that, you know, it all goes back to the beginning of the game uh, where you have Justin Tucker out here putting all the his warm-up stuff on the opposite end zone. Like, I get it that kickers can kind of just do kind of whatever they want. It's just kind of like a go play over there, don't bother us type of deal. Uh, when it comes to kickers and, and special teams over there. But, man, he was doing it on purpose. You could tell. He got under the skin. He poked the bear maybe a little too much, and it got uh, both Travis, Patrick, MVS was kicking his tee everywhere. I mean, they were poking a bear. They And I know I get the Ravens were upset all week long because, hey, people were talking about the Chiefs way too much, and they were talking about the Ravens. The Ravens won some respect about their defense. Their defense was good. They allowed 17 points in this game where I think Truthfully, the Chiefs probably could have more could have put up more than seventeen before they went into ultra conservative. You know what? Let's just uh, bleed some of this clock. Let's just take care of the football, and let's just because their defense was playing so well. I, I think Steve Spagnuolo called a really good game. There were only a couple of times that you know that I mentioned Big B where Lamar did make a play. Like Lamar made a play when it came to that Zay Flowers touchdown. Lamar made a play when the ball was batted straight up in the air and he caught it and. He ran for probably his biggest pass play of the game, being hyperbolic there. But there was a couple times where Lamar did make plays, but I think he just tried to force the ball way too much. And and you mentioned, Big B, that you think Lamar choked. You think that 
he gave this one away. And, you know, that's been the kind of the narrative with, with Lamar Jackson. I think that there was something going around when he beat the Texans where they said, is it time to get rid of the Lamar can't win in the playoff stigma? And it's not. He's still two and four. Like, I, I, there's no reason to get rid of that. He only won one game, and he won against a Texans team that, you know, frankly, isn't quite there yet. So, uh, Big B, talk about Lamar a, a little bit and, and what, you, what you thought about his performance. Uh, I mean, look, I am one of Lamar's biggest fans. Even though I'm a diehard Steeler fan, I'm a Louisville fan. Uh, it have yeah. been my whole life he went to Louisville. So I'm a, I'm a big Lamar supporter. But as you guys know, I'll tell the truth. And dropping back 37 times or having Lamar Jackson drop back 37 times and trying to win a football game is not the way to do it. It's just not. And he had 17 incompletions. There are so many people that are talking about how he didn't choke, and I'm just like, yeah, he did. And again, I, I'm not going to take anything away from from the Chiefs' defense. I mean, for some reason, something must have gotten their head yeah. and got Lamar's head thinking that he can't run the football because there were plenty of times. I broke something down on TikTok today and showing him, like, he had room to run on of those 17 completions, nine of them, he had opportunities to run the football, and he just didn't. So whatever the Chiefs were doing, it spooked him, and he just didn't do it. But, you, I mean, that's just not the way to win a football game with him dropping back 37 times. If he's dropping back that many times, they must be down multiple touchdowns, and that was never the case. That literally was never the case at one time in this football game. I'm just, I was just trying to think, I'm like, what is going on? Why won't they run it? Why won't he run it? Mm-hmm. But you know what? They blitzed him a couple of times. They they confused him a couple of times, took away his first read. And we know Lamar's, but that was the thing. Usually if you take away his first read, he'll throw it to the second read or he'll run it. Well, I mean, he just wasn't doing that. But so more power to the Chiefs. But yeah, you can't, if, if anybody's out there trying to say that, well, Lamar this, and it wasn't his fault. It, clearly, the game wasn't all his fault. You can never say any football game is all one person's fault. But at the same time, the man just did not show up when they needed him most. As much as I bashed Josh Allen the week before, where Josh Allen didn't make the plays, even though he played good, but he didn't make the plays to win, Lamar Jackson definitely didn't make the plays to win. So. Yeah, and I think a part of that, if you watch that second half, I mean, because let's be honest, that first half, it looked like he was going to win the regular season MVP just based off his play alone with the the escape sack and then catching his own ball. Yeah. Uh, you know, so he looked he looked fantastic. He was carrying the team. And then second half rolls around, and Chris Jones, all the D linemen, man, they're not trying to win. They're not trying to nope. – uh, they're just bull rushing. So it's like they were staying so, so like – lane conscious yeah that was awesome to see and chris jones almost got home on a few bull rushes you know minus that that tripping that miss he was running cats over and he knew it was coming he was doing it it was awesome to see but in the second half you really watch that game the chiefs blitzed the shit out of lamar yeah the only times the only times they 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 were blitzing and they were rolling coverages to b's point about confusing him and once you do that you could see that little hesitancy where where they'd show something and then before he got the ball, they roll a coverage, and you could tell he was like, "Oh crap, I'm not confident in this. Yep. You know, I'm not trying to blow it." And that that little bit of hesitancy really confuses him, and really just man, she's playing great. And the times that they did score that touchdown is they were playing zone, and they weren't blitzing. And then Lamar just sat back in a pocket and just picked you apart. 
I mean, any quarterback can do that any, yeah. if you if you give him time, and and that's what happened. I see this comment here from Casey, and uh, he said, "Orspags just called the right game, and the running game reflected that. Doesn't have to be the Ravens screwing up, but the Chiefs just didn't." I do think Spags called a really good game. I think that goes into it. I also do think that the fact that they were down 10, the Ravens were down 10 for the first time all season, they pressed a lot, a little bit more than they probably should have. Um, and I think that they kind of overreacted to what, what had happened. Um, look, and the Chiefs offense looked really good in that first drive. That first, the, Those first two, three drives that the Chiefs had, the first time they had the football, you're like, oh my gosh, where was this offense all year? Like, this looked like vintage Mahomes and Kelsey. It you had Kelsey laying out full extension to catch footballs. Like, like where, where where was this all year? I mean, yeah, it, it was it was wildly impressive the way that the Chiefs were moving the ball, and I think the Ravens kind of freaked the Ravens out a little bit. Like, okay, the the Chiefs are moving the ball really well. The defense, the Chiefs defense, playing really well too. Oh no, we're gonna we're gonna have to start throwing the ball downfield. We're gonna have to start making stuff happen. They really didn't have to do that all that much. I, I do think it's a little bit of both. I think Spags did call a really good game. Nick, as you mentioned, they were doing very, um, wasn't necessarily like delayed rushes, but they were just like, this is where I'm supposed to be in case, or really even contain rush. I don't even know if that's the right word for it either. But they were just like, this is where I'm supposed to be in my rush lane. I'm not gonna, I'm not getting off of this, this spot. You're not going to take me off of this rush lane spot because... Uh, they wanted to kind of keep um, – they didn't want to necessarily keep him in the pocket. They wanted to heat him up a little bit, but they weren't going to let him get the opportunity to make that big play. And I think that goes uh, largely into the game plan I mean, that Spags had. And you saw all the defenders wearing the Spags We Trust shirts uh, out there, which are super cool. You can go find those on Justin Reed's Twitter now. Those are going to uh, support his, his foundation, I believe. So uh, a shirt you go find it at his – Twitter account, go buy a in Spags We Trust shirt. Uh, appreciate everybody in the chat uh, hanging out. But Derek asked this question I want to address kind of here off the top of the show as we are already 14 minutes into it. He asked, uh, is Jeb McKinnon going to be ready for the Super Bowl? Derek, I do not think so. Um, I do not believe so because he did have surgery on a core muscle, an, an abdomen muscle yeah. is what, what it was. And then when they were in there to find the surgery, he had a crack on his pelvis. He had a broken pelvic bone, so uh, not likely that he will be there. Uh, Charles Amenehu also not going to be there. Derek, again, another comment. Uh, please sign Frank the Shark, Clark the Shark for the Super Bowl. Look, uh, Nick, if you start to look at this defensive line room for the Chiefs, it's getting kind of thin uh, when you're just starting to look at it at just positional-wise, not necessarily talent at all, just looking at numbers the defensive line is getting a little thin heading into the Super Bowl. You know, you got a healthy scratch with King Felix yeah. at K-State, so it's time to step up. Yeah, you got Chris Jones in the middle with disruption stuff. You know, they trust Karloftis. You know, they trust Mike Dana. You know, I think those guys can play. You know, I, I really do. So you got to trust the, the next man up. And to bring someone in now, bad juju. It's, it feels icky. Right, it feels. I know you got Omen. You were gonna have to bring in someone, right? Because Omenihu is hurt, right? So they might might rule them out so you can bring in someone. Right. Uh, so we'll see. But it always brings in bad vibes to the locker room. You're bringing in a guy last second, you know, for, for the Super Bowl. Then you're like, you kind of like have that, you're looking over your shoulder like, this guy again is just going to come in and play. But maybe a guy like Frank is a different story because he's been there. He knows the system. They all know and love him. Uh, so I think that that would be cool. Uh, you know, it'd be good to do. Um, I wanted to bring up something. Yeah. Good. You said Baltimore's never, never played from behind. And also, you know what? People come into Baltimore and and 
they act like bullies. And mm-hmm. and I love the attitude. The Chiefs came in and it started with, you know, the damn kicker. The kicker was trying to be a bully. And it's like, hey, yeah. bro, stop. This is the adults are playing, kid tables over there. Right. And kickers do that dumb shit all the time. They do. I've, I've heard kickers come in and go, hee hee hee, look what I was doing. No, stop that. And then Roquan Smith, same thing. Kelsey was going after him. Yeah. Like Kelsey. And then they were like, whoa, we've never had this. Right. Yeah. And he did that unnecessary roughness penalty on Trey Smith, which was the definition of unnecessary roughness. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Not yeah, yet. the Ravens were. I mean, they completely fell apart. I mean, they played they just like you mentioned. They 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 played some undisciplined football, man. And it's just like you said. It's it's just it's the old saying: you're the bully, and when somebody pushes back on the bully, the bully literally cannot handle it. And that's right. exactly what happened. I mean, just fell apart. Just undisciplined football, taunting penalties, unnecessary roughness. Just things that normally they wouldn't have to do because other teams just lay down. But to me, what it looked like was one team had been there before, acted like they've been there before, and another team that this is the first time we've been there. We're supposed to win, but things aren't going our way, and we have absolutely no idea how to react. They have no clue how to react. Uh, And the Chiefs did. They did. I mean, and let's just be honest. The defense played well. The offense had a couple of drives. Because in the second half, they didn't do anything. It, it was almost, that's the whole thing, is that they panicked. The The Ravens panicked because they didn't think the defense was going to be able to figure out. Well, they figured it out. Because the Chiefs had 60 yards in the second half. And what was it? The last play, was it 27 of them on the last throw? Yeah. I'm like, they, they didn't do anything in the second half. And that's why I was just like, to Nick's point, to my point, I think to everybody's point, it's like, man, Ravens, you, you could have run the ball. What Spagnola, sure. I, I don't know what he did. He must have been sending text messages saying he was going to do something because they didn't even attempt to run the ball and just got in their head. I mean, six rushes with your running back, and one was averaging six yards a carry. I'm like, wow. And just don't go back to that. that that's just insane. Good for the Chiefs. Good for the Chiefs. I do want to give a hat tip to the Ravens defense because I do think a big part of the reason that the Chiefs couldn't get anything going off its side of the ball absolutely was because that Ravens defense was playing out of their mind. Like, Kyle Hamilton is so good. Like, Kyle Hamilton is an incredible football player. I kept watching that game thinking, man, I wish he'd played for the Chiefs. That guy's a really fun football player to watch. They had guys step up. They were doing some things that, uh, you know, we, we were watching the All-22 kind of after the fact, and there was a couple times where Creed and, and the guys up front got tricked on what was uh, on some, not necessarily games, but just on some assignment things. Because Creed, he... He doesn't do the traditional, I shouldn't say traditional, the new thing where the guard, like, karate chops out there, right? Um, So the center doesn't have to look underneath. Mm. Um, Creed looks underneath his legs, checks it out, gets in a stance, looks underneath again, and then then snaps. Um, What what the Ravens were doing specifically with their one-tech shade was he would look down, he'd look back up, and just before he would look down again, they would move the shade to another position. So specifically, I can think of one when the when the Chiefs were backed up way in their when their own end zone. It's a third down. They have Pat Queen in that play side A. Uh, Creed has a I think it's a one tech to the weak side. He looks down the the guard then or the the, the defensive tackle then moves to his his to the play side the strong side and then Pat Queen shoots into the uh, to the weak side A. 
So he's anticipating going to the weak side A, but he then, when he looks up to snap, he sees, uh, you know, the the tackle there and the communication between the the center and Creed and Clyde. It just doesn't wasn't clean and all and all that. So mm-hmm. I think that there's there's some things there when it comes to like what the Ravens were doing that clearly some stuff that they saw on film that they could take advantage of and try to get to court to, to Patrick and, and get him flustered a little bit. But I do think the Ravens played a, a really well. And, and I was very impressed with that defense. I think it's a better defense in San Francisco. Um, and no shot. I don't know, man, that defense is playing really well. Uh, that defense played really well. I know that the front is probably better uh, for San Francisco than than what the Ravens' front is. I don't know. You run the ball in San Francisco. Everybody's done it. Everybody uh, that got, wants to run the ball runs the ball in San Francisco. In terms of, in terms of pass, like like yeah, pass, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think their pass rushing is way better um, than what it is. But I, I think I'll give the back end all day to to the Ravens on that defense and With the Chiefs. I Ravens didn't play anybody. Ravens didn't play anybody of significant this whole year. And they played San Francisco and blew them out. They played, I was going to say, they just played San Francisco and they crushed them. Ian San Fran. Was Christian McCaffrey hurt that game? Or was he in? No, he ran for 100 yards. We still got Brock hurt by that time. You know, yeah, it's, yeah, here, here's the thing, man. Ravens don't have that premier edge rusher. And that's actually don't. You know, and, and, and like we've talked about before, right? The commander said, you know, screw you, Philly and Dallas, you're not going to make it out of the NSC because we're going to trade Bryce Young or whatever his name is. Who's the uh, Ohio Chase State Young. guy? Chase. Chase Young. Chase Young to the Niners. And you have Bosa and Chase Young. Man, that's, that's awesome defense. It, it scares me. It scared me versus this hurt Chiefs offensive line. It really does. I mean, that that's a that's a next topic, but yeah, the Chiefs look hungry. Let's put it that way. And also, you want to talk about what building good rapport with your whole team? In what world is MVS your choice for third nine to win the game? I love right. it. In what world is that? Is that even like okay? You know what? Guess what? This is this is going to work. But like you knew that was going to happen though, right? Just so what? It just feels like no. It just feels like the way that like the rest of this off this whole postseason's gone. You're like, of course. They're gonna find MVS on a third and nine to seal the game. Like, of course it'll do that. It just yeah. felt like it was one of those things where, like, of course this Disney movie is gonna end this way. <laughs> well, hey, well, and also, what's the motivation? Mahomes ain't on the MVP list. Eh, for sure, that's true. Absolutely. That's true. Well, it, it's kind of what we were, what I've been saying, what a lot of us have been saying is like that's the difference between Mahomes and other people is when the game's on the line. Mahomes didn't play great after the first quarter and a half he, he wasn't great or the first half let's say the whole first half he played good second half he did not but when the game was on the line and you needed to make a play there it is and that is the difference between Patrick Mahomes and every other quarterback in the league I don't care Burrow Allen Stafford Lamar I don't care who it is that is the difference he can play bad but when he, I need a play to win that's that. That's the difference, man. It's just the difference. And people don't want to say that enough. They don't. They don't want to give that enough credence and enough credit. Absolutely. And I, I think people take Patrick Mahomes for granted. I really do. I think people they they don't want to say how good he is because people have cheese fatigue. And I get it, <laughs> but I don't think they want to give the man his credit 
for how good he is because they just don't. Because it's Kansas City. It's a small market. They don't want to say that somebody from a small market can be that good and, and all this kind of nonsense. It just The man is just incredible, and he's just better than everybody yeah. else, period. I will say uh wasn't a very good it wasn't wasn't a greatly officiated game. This one was. Missed calls on both sides. I understand Ravens fans have every right to be upset about the Isaiah Likely ball that, you know, to be fair, Lamar Hunter threw by about five yards. Um but it was probably pass interference. Um uh, look, I don't know, I don't think you can bail him out like that. I think that may be why they didn't call it. It wasn't a good throw. Like that's yeah, probably, that's probably make it was like five yards behind him. It really that's was right. I mean, in triple coverage, he got hit, but that ball was intercepted really before there was anything out there. I just, and maybe the refs see that, and the refs like, yeah, I know it was a little early, but you weren't catching that ball anyway. Hell, they could have called it un- uncatchable if the yeah. ball was so underthrown. Yeah. It was ridiculous. Yeah. It's just crazy. That was another play where Lamar got got fooled. Went to his first read. Oh boy, it wasn't there. And then he just threw it on the second read versus trying right. to run. He just threw it down. Right in, right in there. I don't care if there's three people there. Gosh, man, what are you doing? Wild choice. As as a back judge, though, I, I you know, we rewound it. We were watching it with with some buddies. And then we, we rewound it and we watched it a couple of times. And I'm thinking, okay, if that's if that's just one-on-one and there's not two other, so three total Chiefs players Perfect. in there. Yeah. If that's one-on-one, yes. But Correct. then once you get like a group of people – it becomes sort of this Hail Mary situation yeah, where you can't really call it. And it's like, man, he had a clear right to the ball and he was his progress impeded or was it affected? Yeah. But it was getting picked anyway. You could see that coming a mile away. Mm, so, so you're looking up at the ball to see if it's contested or not. And it's like, yeah, but one-on-one, yeah, it's probably getting called PI. You know, it's probably getting called, but no, not a group. And, and I like mean, the, the tripping stuff. I would never call tripping like that either. That's tough call. Yeah. to call that tripping. I mean, you look and see Chris Jones fell, but at the same time, you're like, man, I've never seen like a high trip like that. Like a not even a leg whip, right? Right, yeah. Big B. Because no. you see a leg whip, right? You're beat and you lift your leg up. Correct. Right? <laughs> the running back was just like kind of got out of the way and kind of put his leg up. So that would be a tough call. I mean, he's going to get a FedEx envelope with the fines, but it ain't going to get called. Correct. Correct. I I think what I've seen uh, some Ravens fans get, get upset about is the uh, uh, what they like to call the unfairness of the uh, distribution of unsportsmanlike penalties, uh, from taunting to, yeah, Travis Kelsey was definitely chirping. Both sides were chirping, uh, but I don't think you can think that uh, that I think I saw somebody say like Travis Kelsey should have five of these taunting penalties already. I hate um, people, but man, you. <laughs> You always know the second guy gets caught, and Kyle Van Noy strutting in there and headbutting Travis Kelsey is obviously going to be a penalty. Dumb. No, you can't. Nick, you're good. Can speak to this on the professional level clearly more than any of us. Talking happens, and talking is okay. It's fine, but it's when you start pushing and headbutting and throwing things and that kind of stuff. You, I mean, talking is fine because everybody's doing it. No, I mean, it is what it is. But when you start putting your hands on people and your head on people, yeah. that's what are throwing the ball down, you know, and stuff like that. It's like, what are you doing, man? Was that Zay Flowers? <laughs> or who's yes. the right? Yeah. So, look, okay, you, you might get away with 
spinning the ball near your opponent. But once you, because like as a ref, you go ahead and, and you kind of like look over, he spins the ball. And if he was spun the ball and walked away, probably no call. Right. Correct. Or, or if he just would have stood up and just stood over him, probably not a call. But you can't spin the ball and then stand over him. Then the ref's like, okay, you crossed my threshold. Boom. That's right. You know, there's the flag. So you could probably like the tolerance was there to do one or do the other. But once you do the combo, it's like, oh, forget you. Flag. Yep. You can't do that. Like you just can't. Well, he pushed you know? him too before he got it. Like well, he, he, he held the gun, but he like trio. pushed him back down. Yeah, but I'm I'm good with the push because Snead had his leg. Yeah, so yeah, had to him man. to get off of him, and oh, I think good. the ref would have been fine with that. And and fine with that. Even if he spins the ball to walk away, I think he's fine with that. But he then you three. spin the ball, you stand over him, you flex, <laughs> then you point. I'm like, okay. At, at some to, point, yeah. the ref is like, enough is enough. Like, yeah. You can't do that. It was a sick play, but you can't really do all that. It's no. the key and peel skin. It's the three-pump rule. You can do two right. of them. Yeah. As soon as you do all three, you're, you're, that's a flash. <laughs> no, but no, honestly, no, you do. And, and you have a tolerance, right? Okay, you've blown it dead. It's fine. Oh, push him. Okay, Shane over. Okay. Come on, you can't do all three. This is no, this is not. I'm gonna have to flag you because refs don't want to flag it. But nope. once you violate it like that, and the Van Oy, it was it was late, mm-hmm. and it yeah. was like the you can't headbutt. No headbutting. This is this is for player safety. You should know better, Kyle. Like that's yeah, yeah. He's a vet. He, you're yeah. right, Nick. He should know better. You've been in the league way too long. Yeah, you can't. And the Trey Smith. Did you guys see the Trey Smith stuff where they say where he's giving him that that mash work? Yeah. Um, he used hands. That's right. Use your hand. If you use your hands, you're fine. You're, you're fine. Do your thing, man. <laughs> yep. But now if he came in no hands and Shamu splashed him, yeah. that's right. That's different. <laughs> that's different. You can't do that, man. You can't do that. That's unnecessary roughness. See, that's the difference between a team that's been there before and a team exactly. that hasn't. They know yes. exactly what they can get away with and exactly what they can't. Um, but we gotta we gotta take a break before we get on to the uh, the next the next game because this next game. Fellas, we got ourselves a doozy to talk about because this game was, uh, it was something. But let's go ahead and take a break and we'll be back to talk about the, uh, the NFC Championship on the other side. We appreciate you supporting KC Sports Network by listening to our podcast. You have helped us become the highest ranked Chiefs podcast network in 2022 and 2023. And don't forget about our daily Substack newsletter, the best written analysis you can find on the Chiefs straight to your inbox every day. ACSN.substack.com. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And we got to talk about it. We got to talk about it, fellas. We, the NFC Championship game was, uh, <laughs> was one of those games that you thought you were going to be able to get to bed early, but it was not. Uh, we had some people when we were at the uh, the old KCSN content house down there in uh, Frisco, Texas. We were watching this game, and some people were talking to their wives during the game. Like, I'll go ahead and talk to my talk to my wife because this one seems like it's over. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, here come Brock Purdy and the San Francisco 49ers, which give a head tip to the Lions. They came out quick. They came out aggressive. The defense looked good. The offense looked good. But they just could not hold on. Uh, Big B, first impressions uh, from that one. Uh, the, the Lions gave it away. I mean, here here's my interpretation. I think the 49ers did an excellent job of taking advantage of exactly what the Lions gave them. Yeah, you know the, the they they did a great job of coming back in the game, but if the Lions don't give them the opportunities to come back in the game, they don't, and it's just that simple. I, I I'm not taking anything away from the 49ers and and them coming back, but the Lions gave them the opportunities, just opened up too many doors and, and gave them an opportunity for them to rob the house, and 49ers came in and robbed their house. Man, I just. That's just the way it is. Dan Campbell, I don't care what anybody says, kick the field goal. Everybody says, this is the way he played all year. Well, I go back to, yeah, but you didn't even play that way in this same game because that in, at the end of the first half, you're on the three-yard line with 10 seconds to go. What do they do? They kick the field goal to go up three scores. Why don't you continue to do that? You know, you have an opportunity to go up three scores again right after San Francisco after the the they come down and kick a field goal to start the half, you could have done it again. You didn't, and then you're down three points with, with seven minutes to go, and you don't tie the football game. I'm like, you're you're asking to get beat. Well, and then you did. So, kind of is what it. And also, they didn't run the football. I, I mentioned it earlier that they were able to run the football. The first half they were 22 carries for like 148 yards. The second half they ran it seven times. You're not trying to win, man. You're just not trying to win. Yeah, it was it was one of those things where watching that game where I think that the real error of that game was they had no answer for Brock Purdy's legs. Nope. And that was the weird, that was the X factor in that game was he was extending plays. He was running. And I was like, whoa, they, he's running that rock. Like he's toting it. Like he's got some wheels. Because Brock Purdy tried to give it away twice in the second half with those, yeah, those lobs in the middle, man. He got lucky. He got lucky. I was like, oh, snap. No way. That's getting picked. Oh, it didn't. Got lucky. But still, Brock Purdy also made some great throws, too. So he he played really well. Brock Purdy, yeah. first time I've seen Brock Purdy, I'm like, oh, this kid can make some money. I like it. I like it a lot. It was it was good. It was, it was he finally, to me, he earned my respect. And, you know, he he shook off that Mr. Relevant badge. It's like, okay, this guy could be a top 10 QB. He could. Well, he shook off the, the I can't play under game pressure. 
Right. You know, it's been he's always played well when they had the lead. He's been a front runner. And then all of a sudden, the last two games, even though he didn't play well at all against Green Bay, when they needed to come up with the drive, he did it at the end of the game. This is the same thing. He didn't play great in the first half, but in the second half, he did. And to your point, Nick, he absolutely made plays with his legs. And that's the difference is Lamar didn't do what he whatever it took to get to the Super Bowl. Brock Purdy did that. It didn't matter if he was running or throwing. Whatever he had to do to get to the Super Bowl, you you just have to give the man credit. Yeah, he did great. He, uh, and look at the I was looking look at the like the box score, um, or not the box. I was looking at the drive charts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Second half, San Francisco, and this is in order of their possessions: field goal, touchdown, touchdown, field goal, touchdown, kneel. Kneel the ball. They scored on every possession. Yep. They had one, two, three, four, five, five possessions, six possessions. Yep. Absolutely. Speaking of that, Nick, looking at the drive chart, because that's what I went to. The, the, I think the turning point of that game, the Lions are up 24 to 10. The Niners just got a field goal. They get the ball back first time in the second half. They're faced with a fourth down on San Francisco's 28-yard line. They have the opportunity to go up 27-10. to 10, And they decide to go for it. And it's an incomplete pass. They turn it over on downs. And that, I was sitting there with Matt Lane, AC Laboratory, and he said, I th- they just met, look, this, game's, this game's over. San Francisco's going to win this game. Uh, because just based off of momentum, how the things were going, if they kick the field goal, they go up, they go up 17 at that point. Instead of giving them the ball back down 14, you go up 17. That was a big momentum shift in this game. And I think if you even look at like the uh, the win percentage charts, on, I'm looking at the ESPN one right now, uh, there's a big dip of like, okay, the, the they're about 95%, and then all of a sudden they get that, and it plummets down to about 50. Um, so it's one of those, that was one of the drives where I'm just like, oh my goodness. And then they go down and get a touchdown after that, and you're like, okay, it's scary hours for the Lions. Then Dan Campbell just kept doubling out. He kept saying, hit me when he already had 21 in his hand. Like, he just kept saying, "Go, just give, give me another one. Give me another one. When he didn't really need to. And I understand that, you know, Big B, you mentioned it. Dan Campbell has kind of played that way all year, but not really in this game. He, he took some points. And I know that Jake Moody isn't like the best kicker. Um, sorry, not Jake Moody. Uh, Michael Badgley. Yeah, I saw a stat that he hadn't even attempted a forty-plus yard field goal outside of a dome this year. Yeah, yeah that's, that's nuts. nuts. You, you can, how can you go in? How can you go into a a, a postseason with a kicker like that? I so we were at the East West Shrine Bowl. I tweeted out some videos of Harrison Mavis, Mizzou's kicker. And he had a fifty-eight yard. He had a couple fifty-eight yards. But I tweeted out one of them. Uh, and Detroit Lions fans flooded my mentions. And uh, this was on on Monday. They flooded my mention saying this guy needs to be a Detroit line. And I wonder how much that really did play into it, Big B. I mean, I think it could have played into it. I, I just, first of all, if you got a kicker that you don't trust outside at uh, 40 yards or beyond, you got to have another kicker. Yeah. I mean, the games are just too damn close for you to go into a game saying, you know what, if we're at 40, 41 yards outside, I can't trust the guy. If that's the case, you have to have another kicker on your football team. That That is absolutely ridiculous. So, 
And, and somebody's saying the same thing. Yeah, yeah, there it is. I got to have a new kicker, man. Gee, many Christmas. But if if that's really the mindset of what they thought, then I, I mean, I love Dan Campbell as a coach. I think he's fine. But if that's their mindset and what they their thinking was is that we don't trust the guy, then how good of a coach can they really be? Uh, and a general manager, how can they be? Yeah, yeah. Because games come down. It's the playoffs, man. Games are going to come down to a field goal here and there. And if you can't trust the guy, then get another guy on your football team. It's just it's terrible. And then to put your guys in that position, you got to go make plays. It's not like the 49ers defense are a bunch of slouches. Now, right. the plays were there. You know, the, the, I mean, Josh Reynolds dropped the football. So, I mean, so it's not like the plays weren't there. But at the same time, take the points. Take, take, the, take the points. Go up three scores and make the 49ers beat you. Don't just give it away, man. I felt like they just gave it away. Yeah. Well, and also when you go for it, when you miss it the in the, the first possession of the second half, you go for it on downs and you miss it. And Goff, Goff made some truly awful throws, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, that's, that's a rough one. Um, they also had some drops. But uh, the fumble in the next possession, yep. like Goff, I was like, yeah. Goff, what do you – he was he, – I was like, is this yep. Zoolander? Is he not an Ambi Turner? Yeah. Like, he, he went tried the wrong to, way. Yeah, right. He tried to, like, oh, I got to, whatever. I, you know, I can't, I can't roll it to my right. I got to roll it to my left and then whatever. So yeah. like, it was truly bizarre sequence that really doomed him, you know, where it's like yeah. you're still into it. But after that fumble, man, it's like, shit. That's, ugh. Yeah, that's, that's that's that was well, they tried to blame it on the running back, too. But I'm like, eh, I played enough football. The whole line's going right. The quarterback opened up right. And I'm like, that, that's not the way he's supposed to open up, man. And then you can tell the running back's like, what the hell are you doing? He didn't even yeah. have the right arm up. And I'm like, yeah, that that's the wrong way, buddy. I don't know yeah. what you're doing. So There's no way. Yeah, golf turned the wrong way. Yeah, he's not <laughs> He's not an ambi turner. No. <laughs> that was brutal. That that fumble was brutal. That, that, yeah. that, that crushed him. Crushed him. Yeah, that just. That was really the the beginning of the end, right? You talk about you talk about that the the fourth down they missed, but that fumble was really like okay, like the Niners really aren't going to win this game, aren't they? Type of deal. Also, the way the way that Dan Campbell like managed the clock at the end of the game, there running the ball on third down on third and goal was so wild. Like why why are you why are you running the ball? Then now you're having to use a timeout. Now you can't get the ball back if you don't get the onside kick. Now they had to onside kick it at that point. Man, it it was just a masterclass of, of bad coaching in terms yeah. of Dan Campbell. And look, I'm a very pro Dan Campbell guy. Love what he's done there. Maybe managing the game clock or isn't the best part of his coaching strategy. Yeah, that was I mean, that's peewee football right there. Yes, that a was... minute to go, you you gotta score third down. You cannot run the football. I, I don't know. I'll be honest, Nick. You've seen a lot more football than me. Uh, I, I don't know that I've ever seen that before, to be honest with you. I, I High school, college, pro, you're down 11, and you run the football with a minute to go, and you got to score, get three times. I don't think I've ever seen it. Never. It's, yeah. T- to me, the whole concept is where – that that drive, here's my thing. Put it more in perspective. That drive, they're down by two possessions. So yeah. maybe you played basketball and you've seen when guys are down like by seven points, maybe, 
or you know, or they're down by six and there's like ten seconds left, you're not gonna foul a three point shot Correct. at all. So that was the same concept. Like everyone says, oh, they scored on the last drive. It could have been closer if they had kicked the field goal. That's irrelevant because if if they're only down by seven, that last drive for Detroit looks a whole lot different. Absolutely. There's a Absolutely. whole lot different if if they're only down by one possession. Correct. Like, it changes the it's like a yeah, you know, we're not gonna we're just gonna waste time mm-hmm. and yep. on defense and you know, you still got your your chance of getting an onside kick are one out of what fifty this year. Not gonna happen. Yeah. It's bad. Not gonna happen. Not gonna happen. So, at all. So which like, is yeah. why when they had the opportunity to tie the game, they should have tied the game with eight minutes left. Yeah. And then they would have been down seven. Yeah. And that is different. Then we have a different story. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Man, it's just whew. still. Yeah, I forgot about that whole sequence. They still could have tied the game. And the opportunity. They had the yep. opportunity. Gonna go for it. They, it was they... and I and think then, that one was yeah. like a forty one yard field goal. I mean, that wasn't, it yeah. wasn't even like 48. I think that was a 41-yarder. You don't trust your kicker from 41 yards? Yeah. yeah, you got it. You got to go for it there, too. And it's like, man, that's – get it while you can. But I think – was that the one where Goff missed through it or someone dropped yeah. it? Yeah. That was uh, – uh, he, he scrambled out. It was good coverage. Oh, he was so bad on scramble. Yeah, they had a, a, zone, he can't throw a zone blitz, and they fooled Goff. They made him scramble. Well, you know he can't throw on the run. You know he can't do it. Whoa. And and, he he like way it. and I was like, who are you throwing the ball to? There was nobody there. I was like, yeah. it, it almost seemed like he was just grounding the ball. They'll just throw it out in the middle where there's nobody nobody around. Like, yeah. huh. Wow. It is. It is. The, the one thing I'm glad about is that, like I said, Brock Purdy making a lot of plays with his legs. Put that on film. So now the Chiefs are like, aha, we're not going to get fooled like Detroit did. Because mm-hmm. that was the X factor to me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Those plays in the second half, man. He, he's got wheels too. He's legit. You got to get him on the ground. That's the thing. Yeah. You've got to get him on the ground. I, th- I still think the Chiefs can pressure him. I think they can trick him. I think they can get after him. But when you get there, you got to get him on the ground. Yep. Yeah. I'm The way that Spagno has been calling defenses and just kind of how recent hot streak that this defense has been on really the whole season i'm kind of in excited uh for how steve Spagnuolo is going to play brock purdy here um he he likes to get guys in blenders in terms of trying to do evaluations and pre-snap reads and everything like that he likes to mess with them i think he can do it there the chiefs did just play a really good running quarterback that didn't really run the whole ball a whole lot um that might have had to do more than game plan with anything but who knows um i saw this in the chat here from t-bone uh, T-Bone says, uh, saw a stat today that Pat is 13-1 and one in indoor games. I saw that, and I said, man, I don't know if that's right. So I, uh, while you guys were chatting, I jogged, I jogged on over to uh, the Patty Mahomes career splits log. Boys, that's right. Uh, he's 10-0 and 0 in domed games, which I believe you would consider um, Allegiant Stadium would be a dome, and the re-roof stadium, or the retractable roof stadium, he's 3-1. and one. Uh, so dude does not miss when it comes to playing inside. Obviously, Allegiant Stadium is an, ind- an indoor stadium. Only loss coming against the Colts last year in that just awful game. Just an awful game. The Chiefs never play the Colts normally. So uh, I thought that was pretty crazy because uh, I was just seemed like there keeps being Mahomes tests and I'm just like, that can't be right. Seems like that might be a little fudge, but they are correct, and it's seemingly uh, crazy. But 
But I know we're going to have a whole nother episode before the Super Bowl to talk about the Super Bowl, but I, I kind of want to get your guys' early thoughts on this matchup. And and I mentioned before, and I've, I've seen some people in the chat even mention this too, is that, like, I think for Chiefs fans, they played, they're coming off a couple of tough games against some couple of tough teams in Buffalo and, and Baltimore. Like, they've played some pretty tough competition on the way to this game. And and frankly, for me, speaking for myself, I think I'm a, I was a little bit more worried for Baltimore than I am San Francisco in this uh, case, Big B. Do I have, I don't know, am I wrong? Am I wrong to be thinking that? Uh, I, I think that Baltimore's defense is definitely better. I, I do. I, I know me and Nick don't agree on that, but I, I think Baltimore's defense is better than San Francisco's. We've seen the last couple of weeks that if you – want to run the football against San Francisco, you can do it. And teams have done it. The, the Lions just refused to do it. They they just they they did in the first half, uh, and then they got away from it. Same thing happened with Green Bay. They were running it on them in the first half, and then they just got to – actually, Green Bay ran it on them the whole game. You know, they just got to gave the way at the end with some turnovers. But, yeah, I think the Chiefs – if the Chiefs decide they want to run the football, I think they're going to be able to do it. I, I really do. Uh, now – and in the back end, their back end is not great. Now, it, it, I'm not saying it's going to be easy, but we, we've just seen it. We've literally seen these teams run the football on the 49ers. Now, are we thinking that the Chiefs line isn't as good as the Packers? I would put the Chiefs line every bit as good as the Packers. Now, the Lions, no. The Lions' the offensive line is something different. I'm not going to say they're as good as those guys because uh, I think they're top two or three, if not one, in the league. But – I, I just think the Chiefs have, if they run the football, I think they got a, a real chance. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. Um, also, remember when the when the Niners played the Ravens, Brock Purdy threw four interceptions and got benched. Or he had neck he had neck injuries. Oh, uh, yeah, that's great. Remember that? So, yeah. like like I said, it's, it's the Ravens got fed that victory. And it was still tight. 33-19, it was, you know, they, they got, I mean, we throw in, you know, two picks and a half. Each half, you're not going to win. That's just not going to happen. Yeah, but that, they scored two touchdowns like the last six minutes of the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah that, no. that was a blowout. They scored one. It was 33 to 12 in the third. They they only scored one touchdown in the in the fourth quarter. So okay. it was like it was like 16 to 12, yeah, and then it's like yeah, so. was forcing the ball. And he still how's he an MVP candidate after that? How do you throw four interceptions in? Oh, I don't think he was. I think they no, gotta have a certain number of people, uh, but I don't think there's any yeah. way in hell that's that Brock Purdy's winning yeah, the MVP after no. that game. There ain't no way. Well, that's it was, it was Christmas too, so it's usually December award. So they they forgot mm-hmm. that one really quickly. But you know, uh, Tucker, what was your question again? I'm sorry, I got off topic. Um, I don't really remember. <laughs> I, just, what are your thoughts on the game? On yeah, the first initial you, thoughts you on get, the game. You pretty much gave me your first impressions on the game. It is, yeah. Is that Brock Purdy? I mean, that's going to be the thing. That's that's going to be the thing for the Chiefs. They got to get turnovers. They got to they got to get turnovers. And they can't turn the ball over. That you could say that literally about every football game ever to exist. You really? But it's it just like that's just what you have to do. And especially Nick, you mentioned it. The games that the Niners lost specifically during their three game skid, they were turning the ball over. And if you can get some turnovers, the big things about the Chiefs' defense is, yeah, it's been great. Yeah, they've been shut down, but they haven't really got a lot of turnovers. Well, against the Ravens, they did. And they got turnovers, and they won that game 17-10. to 10. It, To me, it seemed like they went into coast mode a little bit towards the end of that game there, and we're like, all right, 
our defense is playing so well that we don't necessarily have to try to force the ball downfield. We don't necessarily have, not that they're not trying to score points, right? But they don't have to try to press because they know their defense is playing as well as it is. I think that was kind of the, the difference in that game. Patrick Mahomes took care of the ball, no turnovers in that game. Um, but I did, I, I'm hopeless. I, I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic about this matchup for the Chiefs. It feels like the Chiefs are playing hot at the right time. The Chiefs flipped the switch at the right time, getting that, uh, getting in that wild card round and I don't know if I've ever seen a team flip a switch this late uh, because they've seemed like they've played like a different football team ever since the playoffs started yeah I think so I I, I think no go ahead Nick I'm sorry oh no no um I was just gonna say I think that finally what have I been bitching about this whole regular season what was Mahomes doing right Mahomes was hanging in the pocket you mm-hmm. know 10 yards deep chilling and what did Mahomes do these these games versus Josh Allen versus Lamb Lamb? He scrambled. He yeah. ran, bought time in a pocket. You know, just I like I said, the whole weight of the season was we we paid up for it for you know like the, everything for for penalties, and we still got a, a penalty a, a touchdown called back. Yeah, holding. Sure, he did on a screen Which, holding. Uh, that's not a hold, right? Um, initially, here's the thing: you're hot off a you're hot off a, a hold. Uh huh. Right, you're hot off a hold. So guess what? Who who's the umpire keying on? So and if your first move, your first move is to grab and restrict like this, like a big hold. Like what you're supposed to do on a screen, you're supposed to block and then no, and and then like this. But he went to grab him to, to trap him, which is sometimes what you do with a guy. You kind of hug him, and once they saw that hug, it was a quick flag. But it, it was, was a, a very quick flag. But but it was a whole and like I said, he's coming off. Like you got to realize you the play before he's coming off a hold. Yeah. So now the refs, the uh, umpire, sort of keying in on on him. And then when you jump off and you just grab, crap. That's come on, buddy. I just got you. What are you doing? You you don't learn. Um, yeah. But if you'd have watched the whole play, maybe you'd have been like, eh. You know, it's like, but it's like you got to stop. You got to pass block, and then turn and. But yeah, it was. Yeah, it's a quick flag, but it was a hold technically. I'm not buying it. I don't. <laughs> I don't think it was a hold. Um, yeah, it was. It was a super quick. I don't know if I've ever seen a flag be called like that on a back to back, back to back, man. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. Like it's the combination, right? It's the combination. Yeah. That's if you wouldn't have got hold the play before, he's not looking at him, and now he's like, "Okay, I'm watching you. Damn it, you're gonna do it again. Don't, don't do me like this. Learn." Yeah, I mean, it was, I don't know, it was touchy, but Nick's right, it just, you held, and in the play previously, it was holding, Yeah, and then this one, it's like, okay, it was immediate, the first contact was technically holding, Yeah, but he let go, and I don't know, I don't know if he should have called it, but I just know you can't do that, you know, but how many times, oh, Nick? How many times do they call holding back to back? Yeah, I've seen back to back holding calls, but yeah. not really back to back on the same guy. It's been a minute since I've seen that before. Right, I, that that would suck. I, I was I was I was telling I was telling my wife I go, oh, I would fake an injury or something. <laughs> my shoulder, my shoulder, couldn't <laughs> no, My shoulder popped out. It popped right back in, but it popped out. I had to hold it. Right, yeah, yeah. That screenplay was pretty too. Oh, yeah. It was, it was such. It was such. A, it was such a good play from Rasheed Rice. There, just kind of 
snake through. And man, what a what a what a guy he's been this offseason too. Uh, I think he needs like he can he could be like top two in receiving uh, for rookie receivers in the postseason, a single postseason in all yards. It's always hard for me to describe postseason like records because there seems like there's so many words in them, like yeah. all time postseason rookie <laughs> record. It's just like let's just get to the point, man. Let's just go. Let's just get there. Uh, but yeah, uh, you you can't have all time leaders because the Chiefs will have it because they've been to five straight. <laughs> what six straight? I mean, Mahomes is the leading rusher in playoff <laughs> history or something. Like that's all oh, he is, yeah. In that's franchise wild. history, yeah, that's no. wild. That is a wild stat. Yeah, but, but it's like, yeah, you got to have like, you got to have like, when playoffs come, you have to say divisional round game, conference champion game, Super Bowl game. You can't do, and I hate this new, the new way ESPN does it. Since 2018, he's had no. You can't do that. That's dumb stat. Right. Yes. Yeah. Dumb stat. You know. Dumb stat. Just. Count it forever. Right? Don't, yeah. don't start in 2018. Football started oh. with that. Yeah, yeah. Count it just one. Like, yeah. They say 2018. He didn't start in 2018 either. Or wait. I can't do math. Like he that. started in twice. He he was drafted in 2017. Didn't start his rookie year. My favorite one is when they are trying to prop up a, a rookie quarterback and they say, uh, most by a rookie quarterback for, in this video. It's like Patrick Mahomes didn't start his rookie year. I love um, that. I love and, that. And it's like through a quarterback's first two seasons in the NFL, they did that with Justin Herbert a lot. Yeah, all the take, time. Hate to, to take Patrick Mahomes out of it. Um, there was a before we go. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw this uh, Twitter graphic that was going around. The thirty third team put it out, uh, just blatantly spreading misinformation online um, about Brock Purdy, and it was about like many playoff wins through the first two seasons. As a uh, starting quarterback, or not a starting quarterback, uh, Brock Purdy, uh, for most playoff wins in first two seasons, number one, already taking Patrick Mahomes out of it. Mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes played in two games his first two seasons, by the way. They put Brock Purdy at the top, number four, Tom Brady at three, Joe Burrow at three, Kurt Warner at three, Dan Marino at two, Patrick Mahomes one, and Peyton Manning zero. Uh, Twitter then came out with a uh, community note underneath it and said Ben Roethlisberger had five in his first two seasons. I was just, yeah, right. Yeah, Ben Roethlisberger, yeah. wild card, wild when card. He, they went to the Super Bowl his second year, and they were the AFC Championship game his first. Uh, Mark Sanchez also had four in his first two seasons. So talk about some Mark Sanchez erasure here on this on that uh, graphic. Are we not gonna not gonna respect what Mark Sanchez did? And Joe Flacco also had three. So just a blatantly wrong graphic. Uh, so that's, yeah. that's. I think a good note to end on for this podcast is, uh, kids, don't believe everything you read on the internet. Do it. Believe <laughs> it. No, but believe what you want to believe in and then and then yell at the top of your lungs and find something that validates your... your and plug your ears and don't listen to anything else. <laughs> Nothing. That's how find you your like, echo chamber. That's how you play the internet, kids. <laughs> Brutal. You are at your advantage, man. Brutal. Bro. That was. Um, hey, you know what I'm not looking forward to? Let's hear it. All the dumbass narratives like that that we're going to see for these next two weeks. Uh, That's Super Bowl uh, week, baby. We're here. It's going to be brutal. We did it's it. Be... Somebody did put in the chat, and I, I 100% agree. I hope the field is better than what it was last year. Mm. Gee, there it is right Last there. year's bad. 
We're oh my God, it was terrible. Only one. Oh, it was over the place. According to one team, it was awful. Well, Philly, I mean, that's why we couldn't pass rush. I mean, apparently, it only affected the Philadelphia Eagles. Though. Yes, that's yes. the problem. Is that the Chiefs came up with a special type of field to only affect one team playing on it, Nick? And they really did it, but they it's did scripted. it. It's because they scripted it. They scripted it did. The field to be bad. The colors, the colors, right? Does that mean that, that all these damn conspiracies, dude? Wait, who do they play? So it was a red and blue. That's purple. So the conspiracy theory is still there. It was until the Chiefs won. Well, red and blue makes purple for Niners and Lions. Yeah, but it's for the Super Bowl game. So they were saying Ravens and they're Niners. Saying, they're saying whoever won the AFC is going to win yeah. the NFC. What they're saying. Yeah. Uh, but person. then I saw someone was like, "Oh yeah, well Taylor Swift's Midnight is purple," and I was like, "All right, let's let's cheer. We're, we're moving goalposts. This is what happens every time we start to go to these conspiracy theories. Huh. We're moving goalposts. I mean, they're I, not even moving them at this point, Tucker. The goalposts are just floating in the air. They're just floating all over the place. <laughs> they're, <laughs> they're not liquid. even moving them. They're liquid. What's the, what's the one though with like this is like the Taylor Swift the thirteen with two eleven is thirteen and. Oh, I saw something about that. I didn't finish reading the whole. People thing. have time. People have time on their hands. Or they got time, of, don't they, Nick? There's a lot of stoner. There's a lot of stoner conversations going on right now. Hey, man, what about this one? Yeah, <laughs> I love they, it. They definitely have time. It's just, it's all scripted anyway. And I always tell everybody if it's scripted and you know that it's scripted, and I go and you know what it is, since we all knew what it was, how come you're not a millionaire? How come you yeah. haven't sold everything that you own and bet on the Chiefs and 49ers to get into the Super Bowl? How come you haven't done that? I go, because if I knew, I would do that. I go, I'd yeah. be doing this show from a beach. I can, I can tell you that right oh, now. Be on a beach? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'd be on a beach. Absolutely. I'd still if be I here. knew, I wouldn't be I doing this show. Guys. What's that? If I knew, I wouldn't be doing the show. No, no, I'd still do the show. I love you guys. That's what we do. But I, I would make you jealous because I'd have a beach with a little nightlight in the background so y'all could see that I was on the beach, I like too. That. I like that. You know? I'm, you know, guy, you guys know I'm petty. I'm, I'm the most petty person that you're ever going to meet. So. <laughs> I like that. These conspiracies are getting out of hand. Back the throat slash. Cause is, that, is, that, is that enough? Probably gone forever, right? It's probably. I never understood why it left anyway. I mean, did it mean that you were killing somebody or I, I just, I never got why it left. I, I never knew. That it was me. Early, uh, early childhood memories when the NFL, when they used to have their, their, their jerseys tucked underneath, you could see their abs. Yeah. Right? They would have, and then doing the throat slash. I was like, yeah, I never knew why they, like the, the throat slash became one of the most hated things that anybody in sports could do. And I just thought, what, what, what did somebody kill somebody or something that I didn't know about? This might go out somewhere and cut somebody's throat or something. Ray Lewis. Oh, my <laughs> oh wow. Yeah. Marvin Harrison. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. Hey, sorry. Sorry. I love it. Man, just catching strays. Ray Lewis. Just getting to the point. It. Just getting to the point. That's all I'm doing. All I'm doing. Um, that's probably a good note to end on. Um, that's going to do it for this week's edition of uh, Outside the Trenches. Make sure to like the video, hit the subscribe, all those good stuff. Make sure to leave a five-star rating and we'll be back next week, Wednesday night, 9 p.m. Nick's out. Uh, that's going to do it for us here. So for Nick Lucky and Big B, Brian Haley, I'm Tucker Franklin. We'll talk to you guys next week.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.